welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable, where we discuss all topics real estate. I'm Nick Aarons. Hey, and I'm Steve Crowley. I'm Darren Shepard. And I'm Jimmy Reed, and we're your hosts. All right, everyone. Hey, uh, welcome to our first uh, podcast for the um, Reed team here at uh, Remax Coastal Homes. And the reason for the, co- the, the these podcasts is we get so many questions um, uh, from clients and even other agents a lot of times on what's going on with the market and you know the news that hits and um, you know sometimes it's it's coming from the actual news the internet uh, um, you know your 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 wife's book club I mean it could be, be coming from anywhere and uh, so we thought we'd put together these podcasts just to give people a chance to uh, kind of hear what experts in the field are actually saying, especially local to our, you know, to our market here in South Orange County and Orange County area, um, but also just in general throughout the country too, because it affects everybody. And we have people moving in from all over the place and even moving out. So, you know, it's kind of nice to have that information. So today we're going to be talking uh, about the foreclosure moratorium that uh, came off and how that's impacting the market or how we anticipate it to uh, impact the market. And with that, we've invited uh, Amit uh, Singh from the Neo Home Loans Group at, um, uh, or the Insight team from uh, at Neo Home Loans. And uh, we invited um, Amit because uh, he has got a lot of great experience in the mortgage industry uh, and with lend, you know, as, as a lender. So welcome, Amit. Thank you so much, Steve. It's great to be here. Yeah, my name is Amit Singh. Uh, I'm a yeah, team leader here at the Insight team. I've been a, a lender for about eight and a half years now. And so definitely been doing this uh, quite some time. i uh, seen uh, a lot of maybe not the craziest uh, ups and downs of the markets, but uh, <laughs> definitely have seen uh, you know some trends in the past uh, you know eight and a half years or so. And so I'm excited to share with you, you know, what we got, what we have here for you guys today. Um, you know, a lot of information surrounding kind of what the moratorium is going to mean, what it's going to mean for the outlook of the market here in the near future, uh, in the longer term future, and how it, uh, you know, how it kind of compares to the last recession that we may have had or that we did have, uh, and what that's potentially going to look like for, you know, new homeowners uh, that are looking to get into the market uh, and homeowners that have been in the market for the last couple of years as well. So really excited to share some info with you guys. Fantastic. Well, with that, what, uh, maybe just tell everybody uh, what a um, foreclosure or forbearance moratorium actually is kind of a couple of big words there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, back when the pandemic, you know, was just starting, obviously, you know, there was a tremendous amount of people that were, you know, being put out of work in a very, you know, quick period of time. Uh, and ultimately, you know, the federal government decided to step in and say that, hey, with so many people, you know, being out of a job, you know, they decided to allow people the opportunity to put their mortgages in what is called forbearance, and effectively that means that there was a halt that they, uh, you know, were that consumers and the homeowners were able to make uh, on their mortgage payments for a you know a period of time. That period of time started out as three months and then continued to get extended and extended uh, out to about a year and a half. Uh, and so that, uh, you know, that time frame, basically, you know, all homeowners that were impacted by COVID had the opportunity to ultimately put a halt on their mortgage payments. So they didn't have to make mortgage payments for that fixed period of time. Uh, and now that moratorium for people to not have to make that payment has effectively ended. And so uh, it's definitely going to be changing some things in the market. So I'm really excited to kind of go over what we have here for you. 
Um, but yes, that is effectively what the mortgage forbearance has been. And, uh, you know, it's allowed a lot of people to not be able to make their mortgage payments during this period of time while they were affected. And so it's helped out a tremendous amount of people. It's also, you know, limited the amount of people that uh, have had to sell their homes uh, to, you know, financially make ends meet during this period of time, which has also afforded them an opportunity to continue to see the value and appreciation in the market over the last couple of years as well. So it's been a good thing then for those that were, you know, maybe lost their jobs or had a, you know, a setback on their jobs. Um, I know that we've heard, I've heard people, you know, say, oh my gosh, so these people are just not paying. So what's going to happen when the moratorium comes off and they all of a sudden are being hit? Are they, are they going to have to all of a sudden come up with this lump sum payment that, uh, you know, I mean, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's, it's really not going to be, uh, you know, like anything large that, you know, the, the homeowner is going to have to deal with. You know, it's not, nobody's going to have to make these large lump sum payments of all of the, uh, the, you know, the missed payments that they effectively had. Nobody had their credit impacted because these were federal mandates that uh, homeowners were able to utilize. Uh, so it did not actually impact their credit scores. Um, now, what it effectively did is it took the lump sum of the amount that they missed in effective mortgage payments over the course of the last year and a half, or however long they were in forbearance, uh, and effectively they tacked that lump sum on to the back end of the loan. So if someone's just coming out of you know mortgage forbearance, it's as if they just didn't have to make mortgage payments for the last year and a half, and now they just start making their mortgage payments as normal, but now there is gonna be a large chunk of uh, you know whatever that you know amount was that they had not made in payments over the course of the last year and a half uh, is going to be added to the back end of the loan and so um it was great in the sense that you know hopefully some of the people that uh, you know were impacted by the pandemic during the last year and a half hopefully they'd been able to you know if they were on unemployment you know this obviously helped them not have to make large uh, expenditures uh, which the majority of people's largest expenditure is their mortgage payment um, and allowed them to hopefully save a little bit more cash so that way you know once that moratorium ended they have a little bit more cash on hand um, and they you know have the ability to now continue to start to make their mortgage payments until hopefully they do get employed if they're not employed again already um, you know, the the good thing is it because it didn't impact your credit score, it is going to be limiting some people from being able to refinance right away. But the good thing is they have allowed uh, a lot more leniency in terms of the, you know, the refinance opportunities for people that were in forbearance. Uh, basically, as long as you have made your most recent three mortgage payments uh, in the last, you know, basically three months. So effectively, when the, the moratorium ended, uh, people have the ability to now refinance and take advantage of, you know, interest rates if they had not been able to since the pandemic began because obviously we saw some of the most historically low interest rates that we've ever seen happen you know in the midst of the pandemic um, you know while so many people were able to take advantage of those rates the people that were in forbearance unfortunately were not able to unless they had made their last three months of uh, consecutive mortgage payments um, so hopefully if people are you know able to make those payments now then they'll have an opportunity to at least you know take advantage of you know not as historically low as they once were uh, but still fairly historically low uh, interest rates today that are available. Very good. So most likely the people that have been in the forbearance, it's been about a year and a half, I think, right? Isn't that yep. about right for when that, that whole thing started? Absolutely. So prior to that, we were looking at probably interest rates still in the low threes, right? Absolutely. They, yep. so most of these people are not stuck with a 5% interest rate or you know, something that high typically. Is that correct? Yeah. So pretty much anybody that had, you know, 
if they were, depending on when they refinance, if they were able to refinance right before the pandemic, um, you know, they probably have a mid to high 3% rate. Uh, if they hadn't refinanced since, you know, let's say if they bought their home in like 2018 or 19 and they hadn't refinanced, they very well could have, you know, mid four to high four, maybe even low 5% interest rate. And so for a lot of people that uh, are coming out of that moratorium, if they haven't made payments over the course of the last year and a half, they probably weren't thinking too much about refinancing because they were probably more occupied by, you know, the pandemic going on and then, you know, potentially being significantly impacted by that. Uh, and so a lot of those people may still have those higher interest rates. Now, the good thing is, like I said, you know, if they had the if they have the ability now to make three consecutive on time payments uh, on their mortgage and their credit ideally hasn't been too impacted because the, the missed mortgage payments never negatively impacted their score. Um, then they would have the opportunity now to at least get themselves, you know, out of the higher monthly payment that they were in and ideally into a lower monthly payment. Now, wow. the one great. caveat to that is that, you know, because they haven't, you know, if someone hasn't made payments over the course of the last year and a half, probably going to have a much higher payoff when they ultimately go to refinance. So their loan amount would probably be a little bit higher. But that coupled with the fact that they're going to be reducing the interest rate is still should end up giving them a better mortgage opportunity. And there are going to be lots of uh, loan modification opportunities that are most likely going to be coming to fruition here in the near future as well. There's going to be people or uh, lenders that are going to be out there that are going to allow people to modify their loans uh, potentially into 40 year loans. So that way they can stretch that payment out a little bit longer, lower that actual principal and interest payment a little bit more uh, and give people some more relief to be able to hold on to their homes and not have to list it on the open market oh very good i was just actually thinking uh, the other day i thought you know let's say somebody had a four thousand dollar month payment uh, mortgage payment and this hit and they they went on the forbearance program um so let's say they went a year and a half so they didn't make sixty thousand about seventy thousand dollars worth of payments let's say something like that in a year and a half and i started thinking about that i thought well and that's tacked on the back end of their of their mortgage now but the equity that they gained in that year and a half is insane. I mean, yeah. on, a, on that $4,000 a month payment, what would their principal, I mean, I mean what, how much did they probably pay for that home? I mean, figure 20% down or something like that. So what were, you know, if at say three and a half percent, you know, like 800,000, something like that, probably on a, on a home like that. Is that about right, you think? Are you Somewhere talking there? for, for like, like a $4,000 a month? Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be putting them something like, like that. Yeah, your thousand dollar home. Well, that eight hundred thousand dollar house, I guarantee you, is well, is worth now close to a million dollars. It's not more. Yeah, so they <laughs> yeah. they've built a tremendous amount of equity. So any you know yeah. for the majority of people, you know, any amount that they put you know on the back end of their loan because they you know put their mortgage in forbearance would have far been exceeded by the amount of equity that they would have yeah. built, and you know just based on the appreciation the market has seen over the course of the last you know almost two years now, uh, and so you know. That's that's why you know we're really not anticipating you know a tremendous amount of people just walking away from that equity if they can't make those mortgage payments. So you know there's been a lot of kind of chatter about you know oh well there's going to be a lot of people foreclosing on their homes now and you know just so that way people understand right you know when you're foreclosing on a home generally you know if you look historically right the people that were foreclosing on their homes were people that didn't really have you know a tremendous amount of equity or they were underwater on their homes right yeah. and so they they weren't really walking away from anything if you go back you know to the 2007 2008 uh, mortgage crash you know 
that was a product of just bad lending practices, right? Anybody could yeah. walk into a bank with nothing but a smile and a pulse and get whatever type of loan that they wanted. And, yeah. you know, ultimately that, you know, in hindsight, obviously that should have, you know, been something that uh, could have been foreseen, but, uh, you know, I wasn't in the industry back then. So I, I my hands are clean there. Um, but ultimately, there was a lot of bad loans that were, uh, you know, being placed, uh, you know, out in the marketplace. And so, when those loans, you know, had balloon payments or adjustable payments that uh, had come to fruition, ultimately those people could not make those mortgage payments, and so they started foreclosing on those homes because it also bought at kind of the top of the market. Um, but ultimately the reason that they were foreclosing is because they couldn't really afford those loans, right? They couldn't afford those monthly payments and they never should have been in those loans to begin with. Now, when you look at kind of the crash, you know, the, uh, not the crash, but uh, when you look at the crash in comparison to what we're seeing right now, you know, right now, everybody that's gotten a home loan in the last 12 years has had to qualify for that mortgage now. Uh, and so that's when, when we've seen historically low interest rates, which has also pushed, uh, you know, home values up uh, quite a bit. Um, but anyone that's bought a home in the last you know, 12 years, effectively, or even in the last two years, right, has a significant amount of equity in their homes. And in a foreclosure process, if, if the foreclosure would effectively be the last step that you would want to take, right? If you can't make uh, your mortgage payments work, uh, if you have a tremendous amount of debt that, uh, you know, that's overwhelming you, uh, but you have a home, you can effectively sell that home and get the cash out of that home, right? Sure. And right now there's a massive inventory st shortage uh, across the nation. And so people are clamoring over others to, to try to get into homes right now. There's still a tremendous amount of buying activity trying to happen. There's just not enough inventory to support that buying activity. And so, Anybody that can't make their mortgage payments could literally just turn their home, you know, uh, onto the open market, sell their home, cash out their equity, pay off their loan, and they wouldn't have to worry about foreclosing, right? Maybe they miss a couple of mortgage payments here and there, but the mortgage the foreclosure process takes quite a bit of time, and a lender has to uh, offer you, you know, opportunities to be able to either modify that loan or, uh, you know, structure some kind of repayment form uh, with that lender directly. And so there's a lot that would have to happen for someone to get to the foreclosure process. And if that person listed their home on the market today, we're going to see that home sell ideally within two weeks. And so, you know, we're not going to really see the foreclosures really happening because nobody's going to want to walk away from all of that equity, right? If they foreclose on the home, you know, if they had 10% equity sitting in the property, they would forego that. Why would anybody forego that right now? And, you know, as long as they have someone who's smart, that's advising them, then ultimately that's going to be, you know, someone who can at least help them get out of their homes, get out of the situation that they're in uh, and maybe go back to, you know, renting for a short period of time if they, you know, if they absolutely had to. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I get people ask every once in a while, they're like, well, you know, um, do, do you guys come across any foreclosures and stuff, you know, like investors and things? And I'm like, uh, no, in fact, actually, I think the last stat I saw was uh, Orange County had less than 2% um, foreclosures that were even listed mm -hmm. out of the 1800 that they have, which if you do the math on that, it's like less than three, you know, out of 1800. So it doesn't, I mean, there's just isn't anything out there. And, and those are, you know, usually <laughs> um, big issue homes and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it's just not, it's just non-existent. And we, here we are, what, in November mm -hmm. and the moratorium ended when? July 31st. Yeah. So. And we're we're just seeing less and less. I think uh, Montley, uh, the Motley Fool just came out yesterday morning with a, an article on the, the whole foreclosure thing. In fact, it's uh, it was uh, titled "Foreclosures Are Down Despite Moratoriums and Pandemic Concerns." And then the subtitle was "Experts Were Predicting a Flood of Foreclosures After the Expiration of Moratoriums." 
but the data show shows that far from the case. And they even showed a one, they, they had a thing at the end there, it said that the total number of loans in for, forbearance, in forbearance as of October 24th across the nation was a little over 2%. Yep. So 2.15% is what the article yeah. said. And so I think so, that's like something like, you know, about one and a half million people that yeah. have been uh, across the entire nation. And when yeah. you look at kind of the, the data of the people that the number of people that are still in forbearance or that still were in forbearance yeah. in comparison to the amount of people that actually foreclosed on their homes back in 2007, 2008, yeah. there was over 10 million homes that were foreclosed right. upon back you know during that time. And we only have yeah. less than 2 million people that are even in forbearance, yeah. all of whom have built a substantial amount of equity in their properties over the course of the last yeah. two years. And so, you know, unless you bought your home literally two weeks ago, you're going to be probably in a good enough place to be able to get out of the, uh, you know, even you know, after, you know, fees for selling a home, you should be able to still walk away from some cash. Yeah. Uh, as of uh, this morning, I think we had um, in Orange County, we had eight, little 1,850 homes um, on the market. And uh, usually at this time we have, uh, well, this time between 2017 and 2019, that those three years there, so you, you're not counting the, you know, the pandemic. Um, I think the homes on the on the market at this time of the year was 6,200. Yeah. So and now we got 1,800. So we're talking about three times less homes. You know, we had three times more homes on the market back then, and we're still selling homes like crazy because people are capitalizing the low interest. Yep. And we're not expecting to go up really much in this even next year. Much over what three and a half percent? I think Fannie Mae or you know Fannie Mae was saying right. Yeah, so the the average rate uh, you know next year is expected to be around three and a half percent. You know we're still slightly yeah. under that right now. Yeah. Now you know when you look historically, that is still a historically very low interest rate, yeah. right? And so. You know, in the short term, we may not see the crazy, you know, uh, appreciation that we've seen over the course of the last two years. Uh, I read an article, you know, that was put out by Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs is still anticipating, because of the lack of inventory in 2022, another 16% in appreciation uh, that year. And so, you know, there's wild statistics that are being thrown out, you know, here and there. But uh, you know, if it comes from Goldman Sachs. You know, I would imagine that it might be fairly trustworthy. But uh, you know. The fact that there's just not going to be enough homes that are listed for sale to meet the current demand of the consumer uh, is ultimately going to be, you know, one of the biggest factors as to whether or not the housing market is going to stall or, you know, pull back. And right now we're not seeing anything on the horizon, seeing that that's going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah, we're still getting multiple offers simply because of it's a supply and demand situation. And as long as homes are affordable, so there's one of two things have to happen. Either interest rates have to rise to catch up. So if I remember right, 2008 interest rates, or I'm not 2000, um, it was 2013, I think it was, where interest rates started coming back up. And then 2018, they came up. And 2018, I remember that clearly because it, it began the year in the uh, three, three and a half, four 4%, and it ran right up to 5% by the end of the year. And that's when we saw a slowing of pricing and, or I mean, uh, slowing the pricing. Yeah. And also a, um, a, a rise again of inventory Yep. Um, because buyers started pulling, you know, backing out of the market. And so, and that's just what happens. But then the interest rates started coming back down, the pandemic hit, they dropped the interest rates and, you know, we're, we're right back where we started with, we're, you know, yeah. now we're, we're selling more homes than we're, we can get on the market. And, uh, 
um, you know, and it's interest rates just really, really do control the the, the market. They're the you know the biggest controller of the market. Yeah, it's the cost of borrowing, right? So exactly, if the cost of borrowing continues yeah. to to rise, then that's going to limit how high you know yeah. home prices can go because ultimately affordability is going to be tougher and tougher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean you're you're absolutely right. Back into but even in 2018, right when we saw yeah. that uh, that jump up in interest rates. We definitely started to see the market kind of slow down, but we didn't, you know, we still had a positive appreciation year. Yeah, it never dropped. Right? It, 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 no. Yeah, the, the market's never dropped. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not to say that the market can never drop, you know, whatsoever, but there has to be a massive, you know, like, for example, if you look historically over the course of the last 50 years, we haven't seen, you know, many massive drops in home values, right? The only sure. time that we saw that was back in 2007, 2008. And that, that is understandable, right? Because there was something that actually happened, which was, you know, a tremendous amount of bad lending practices, you know, a lack of end, uh, lending guidelines that, you know, lenders had to follow. Uh, and so ultimately people were put into these loans that they couldn't truly afford. And so, you know, like I said previously, right, everyone that's a home in the last 13 years has had to effectively qualify through much more stringent you know lending you know uh, standards they've had to qualify with lower debt to income ratio requirements reserve requirements for jumbo financing uh, and ultimately all of those people that qualified you know their mortgage payments most likely have dropped over the course of the last 10 11 years because they would have refinanced again and again they would have tapped into some equity built more uh, you know appreciation in their home by you know adding more to it you know upgrading things and whatnot and so you know everyone that's in a home right now is in a really comfortable position in terms of the amount of equity that they've built and so you know previously people were buying at the absolute you know top uh, end of their range for with loans that they couldn't you know uh, afford uh, and so ultimately they had to give up those homes because you know home values were declining because there were just a bunch of bad lending practices that were going on sure. so sure. we're not anticipating that type of a foreclosure you know market to happen again and so even if we do see a little bit of a stalling in the market with interest rates going up one i don't expect expect it to happen until after 2024 because the Fed has basically you know stipulated that they're going to keep interest rates artificially low through that time they're not going to be adjusting the federal funds rate uh, and so long term you know we may see you know some value fluctuations but if you look historically those value fluctuations are going to be you know anywhere from 3 to max 10%. We're not going to be seeing the 30 40% drops that we saw back in 2007 2008 because that was a completely different scenario back then. Absolutely. Yeah. Well very good. Well, this has been uh, very enlightening, and yeah. I hope it, uh, um, our audience will enjoy it. And, uh, and then we also would encourage people to give us some feedback. You know, let us know what you think, uh, if you've got any other questions, if you've got some topics that you would like us to cover. Uh, I mean, this is for you. So uh, anyway, thanks, Amit. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. And looking forward to the next, uh, our next uh, podcast. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Real Estate Roundtable. If you'd like to connect with any of the sales partners here on the REIT team, our information is below and we'd love to chat with you.